Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Reds, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. I'm Max Hayes, your host, and today sees our first podcast of 2024. So a very happy new year to all of our listeners and subscribers. Thank you, as always, for the support. Looking forward to today's episode. Delighted to be joined by Ryan Lester, commentator and broadcaster for the BBC, also a close follower of Nuno Espirito Santo's career throughout his time at Wolves. Ryan, good to see you. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, well, Wolves are three wins in three from Christmas. Unheard of, uncharted waters. So, yeah, from a Wolves point of view, I'm very happy. Yes, it must be a good time to be a Wolves fan, you are right. Um, I think Forrest, actually, were one of the only sides that managed to to hold you to the hold you at, at, at Molyneux. That's that right, yeah. I think it was. we were just talking off air then about um, it was the game after... You played Fulham um, and then Steve Cooper was given the green light to, to, to be given another week. And that's happened to Wolves quite a lot. We faced we faced Bournemouth last season. They'd been spanked 8-0 and then typically we drew 0-0. So any team that seems to take a hammering seems to face Wolves and it always seems to be 0-0. But it's, it was a really tough game to watch that was. But yeah, clean sheet. Can't, can't argue after you've been taking a hammering. So yeah, to tighten things up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, today's podcast is a little bit different. We're going to have a more in-depth look at the new Forest manager, Nuno Espirito Santo. Of course, as we record this podcast, Forest come out um, the back of a, of a brilliant win against Man United. 2-1, two, uh, two, uh, start the new year off, well, end the new year actually quite nicely. And as we go into this winter break, uh, two wins out of three for Nuno. Um, Ryan, I suppose, kind of first of all, from, from someone that's followed Nuno quite closely, what have you made to, to his start at Forest so far? Well, it's a dream start, isn't it? I mean, he had a, a tough opening game against uh, Bournemouth. Um, I think you were down to 10 men from a very controversial, well, typically Willie Bolly, was, uh, he flew in wholeheartedly, but I'm not sure that was a second yellow card. Um, but then the bounce back, the, the, the Newcastle performance away, I watched that. That was such a Nuno performance, tucking in, blocking, bodies on the line, wearing a team down, and then explosive second half with lots of pace in the counter. Now, the Forest squad seemed to suit that style of play. Forrest probably did ride their luck a little bit in the first half and he probably could have gone, they could have gone 2-0 up, but they they believed, they 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 stuck in and then Chris Wood turned into prime Romario in the second half and, and and put the game to bed. But it was, that Newcastle performance was, it was a classic Wolves-Nuno performance in terms of being defensive, frustrating the opponents, being hungrier and then having lots of pace on the counter, which you certainly have. Yeah, and, and you kind of mentioned there about kind of Nuno setting up Wolves quite quite defensively and then and then having that pace on the counter-attack. Forrest were the only side to score, I think it was three goals at, at Newcastle for the first time since Man City, which was last year, and even they didn't win at St James's Park. Can we expect that from Nuno? A lot of people said it was a bit of a sideways move when when Forrest got rid of Steve Cooper and, and appointed Nuno. But but can we expect kind of this counter-attacking football from him a lot of the time? I think Nuno's best performances have come against the better teams and the better teams tend to attack and don't respect anybody. So the likes of, I mean, Wolves beat Man City plenty of times, um, like multiple times under Nuno. Um, some, some Man United, Wolves had so many good performances, but it was the majority of the highlights came against the better sides and Wolves tend to struggle against more low block teams, teams that would tuck in because then the it's good having the players that have got the pace, but they're probably not as creative in when teams are sitting in two banks of four or bank of five and a bank of four. So, yes, if playing teams away from home, that was a classic Nuno performance. I would expect that more. And if teams come to, to Forest and attack you, that, that's what I would expect as well. So um, it did make me think about the old days and 
what I used to do. And like it was uh, like I, I didn't really care either way, Newcastle Forest, but from a footballing point of view, I really enjoyed it. It was like, well, I can see that I tried. You tried to do that at Spurs, but I guess where Spurs were when they appointed Nuno, that they would be after more front foot football, which Nuno is probably never going to give you. So I think Nuno and Forrest at this point in time are a very good fit. If if the Forest fans are happy to tuck in and break explosively, that, that, that's that's the right a good fit at the moment. Yeah, certainly doing all right. Two wins out of three for him, albeit a bit unfortunate against Bournemouth in his opening game, as you mentioned there, with Willie Bolly being sent off. I suppose, Ryan, when you kind of look at, at, at Nuno's time at Wolves and, and the way he set up, he, he, he went quite counter-attacking again, but also, like you say, kind of tucks in defensively. We would often pay, play the 3-4-3 um, three, three formation um, in a way. It, is that something that, that again, we can kind of expect at, at, at Forest? You think he'll kind of try to replicate the Wolves kind of um, Wolves tactically while he was there in in into Forest? The, the first three years of Nuno, the promotion in the Championship when Wolves got ninety plus points, that was an amazing season. Um, Connor Cody sitting in the middle of a back three, spraying it round. Matt Doty wide right. Um, and then Barry Douglas in the championship. That 3-4-3 became just a work of art. And it wasn't always tucking in in the championship because when you've got Ruben Neves, Diogo Yota playing in the championship, you can afford to squeeze a little bit more. So I would be surprised if he if he deviates from that. But it, it kind of... Football works in, in, in cycles and it kind of got to the end of the cycle. And, and Nuno and Wolves parted ways because that system became a little bit flat. There was a bit of a call from fans to go to a back four. But... I would fully expect with, with the, the players that Forest have, particularly the pace out wide you have, that it's it's all set up to tuck in and do that. So he may go to a four when he, when he's taking on supposedly lesser opposition. Maybe so, but in the in the last two games you've you've been fantastic. So why change it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and Nuno's record in the Premier League, I was actually kind of doing a bit of research even before he was appointed at, at Forest a few weeks ago. And it's 43 wins, points per game of, of, of 1.5 overall. And even during his time at Tottenham, because we kind of just touched on, on on his time at Tottenham and they wanted kind of kind of front-facing attacking football. But even at, at, at Spurs, he was, he was quite hard done by. He had a very good track record there, didn't he? Well, he was. I think the opening game of the season, um, he was manager of the. Sorry, the opening month of the season, he was manager of the month. Spurs were top of the table. They're absolutely flying. Um, but I mean, he, he did well. I, I, I did a certain amount of sympathy for him, but he was never first choice for the board there. I think he was something like fifth or sixth choice. They're running out of options. They couldn't get anybody. And then the fans get a hold of that. And then when they're bringing in sort of a manager just to make do quickly, and that sounds like a little bit disrespectful, but he was quite way down the pecking order in terms of who they wanted. So I don't think that was a relationship that was ever going to work in terms of of football ethos, because um, I know the Spurs fan base have this tradition that they want to play quite flamboyant attacking football, which they're trying to do now and doing quite well and were certainly entertaining anyway. So I don't, I don't think Nuno is ever going to play that kind of football. He's quite pragmatic in games. He'll quite happy tuck in, not have the ball and then pounce and then grind, grind opponents down. So, I mean, I did feel a little bit sorry for him, but if you're going to be offered the Spurs job, most people aren't going to turn that down. So it didn't work out now. But as I said at the start of the show, I think Forrest and Nuno are a very good fit for where, where, where both are at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I do apologise for anyone watching as well. I've just had a coughing fit uh, 
that's the Christmas lurgy I seem to have just caught. Um, not starting the new year very well. I suppose when we kind of look, Ryan, um, again, from kind of the Wolves' perspective, his most successful kind of period in in, in football, um, albeit in, in English football, what were his main strengths, would you say, kind of overall? What would kind of Wolves fans straight away point out and, and kind of highlight about Nuno as a positive? I mean, he's, he's a very passionate guy. He's quite, it feels to me like quite an angry guy um, and you, you can see the way he celebrates goals with his team I like there's a real togetherness about Wolves when he came in he put Connor Cody as captain and Connor had a fan, fantastic few years at Wolves he'll, he really seems to pull the squad together he'll know who he wants and who he doesn't want straight away he doesn't suffer falls um, so that's an interesting point on I know Morgan Gibbs White had quite an interesting time at the start of his career at Wolves him and Nuno didn't really particularly see well it's alleged that Morgan probably wasn't the most disciplined footballer at Molyneux then and probably had a few other interests outside football that were probably distracting him a little bit. So in, in terms of what, what will they like, uh, just he's a strong man. He talks well. He, he has a lot of self-belief. Um, he doesn't often smile very often. but And when you do, you know, he, you've probably earned that smile from him. So I think he's a strong character. He believes in his ways. He won't he won't suffer falls and he won't, um, he won't deviate from I mean. All football managers are stubborn. He won't deviate from his own plan. He's a stubborn man. Um, but that stubbornness took Wolves to seventh in the Premier League twice, an FA Cup semi-final, a European Cup quarter-final, sorry, a Europa League quarter-final. Now, I'm sure if he achieved those things at Forest, you'd be absolutely buzzing. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but he has a great track record at Wolves. And I would say Wolves and Forest are similar-sized clubs. Um, they're both... I know Wolves more recently in the Premier League, but they've both sort of sat out the Premier League and the, the top flight for quite a while with having quite a, a strong history, particularly Forrest in the past. So could he achieve that at Forrest? Who knows? But in, in, in terms of his characteristics, I think he's I think he's someone for the fans that he's very likeable. I think you'll get on board very quickly with him. Um, not so sure it, that the media will be the, be the same. He's quite interesting to work with sometimes, but in terms of a, a strong character that will or do some chest bumps and do that Jurgen Klopp pump at the end of games. You'll, you'll certainly do that to the fans. So, yeah, I'll be, well, beat Man United and beat Newcastle. So, it's a results business. What's not to love about that? Kind of when we look at, at, at the negatives, potentially, and you kind of mentioned there about him kind of in the media, but so far in the media uh, with Forrest, he's been um, he's been praised upon for kind of thanking the, the legacy that Steve Cooper's created. And, and he's kind of spoke very, kind of, he's been very odd articulate about that but what kind of negatives would you say kind of you say is a very difficult man to work with in the media yeah first of all what you what you said about steve cooper i think he's very respectful to his legacy and predecessors and that's and, and he should do that because what steve cooper did at forest was nothing short of fantastic taking over in the relegation zone playoffs and then keeping keeping a team up as well granted he spent some money but yeah steve cooper should be respected so credit to nuno for that um, he, he is respectful like that to his to his opponents. He doesn't really criticise people that well, but he always felt quite standoffish and cold in the media. Um, you could you can almost feel like you're getting to a routine of asking questions in different ways, and you'll get the same kind of answers. Now that that might sound like I'm being bitter or being harsh, but I mean I, I saw a lot a lot of him over like the three or four years. He was there, and when managers come under pressure, they become more defensive. They come more sharp with their answers, but. I guess that's human nature as well. If you're under pressure at work, you're not going to be as willing to come forward and talk tactics and stuff like that. So, um, 
but he didn't really need to in the first three years at Wolves because Wolves were brilliant. Like European quarterfinal, FA Cup semi-final, a wonderful promotion. Pete Raul Jimenez, Diogo Yota, Ruben Neves. When those players are firing, you doesn't you don't need to answer any questions because your team's doing all the talking. But he did become a little bit grumpy when it became tough. Wolves become, for whatever reason, Wolves become more pragmatic, and then Nuno became a bit more grumpy. But what I would say is as well, Wolves. Well, the whole the whole world went into lockdown. The Premier League went into lockdown, and then he was sort of away from his family for a bit as well. And sort of Wolves, the Wolves fan base sort of lost touch with Wolves, and that was such a big part of Wolves' success then. So, and I think that then going back to Nuno, I think that sort of distanced him as well. And I think he'd had a, a not a particularly great ride pre- previously in his career with the press, and and I think he's always quite. Then he became quite defensive and, and quite short and sharp. But equally, if, if you're a Premier League manager, you're interested in managing your team. And I would imagine 50% of the managers don't want to deal with the media. They don't want to have spent three hours on the training ground, then doing the team briefing and then speaking to the youth team and then talking to everybody else and then coming out and answering the same questions every week. So I could understand why he gets frustrated with that. But it was... I would say, I mean, I didn't deal with him very often, but more of the, the regular guys on the local basis would have would probably agree that it was maybe sometimes a bit of a, a prickly character to deal with. But in those first three three years, who cared because the football was brilliant? Yeah, exactly. And you kind of talk about kind of on the pitch there, the, the football always kind of um, maybe covers up kind of what's what's off the pitch. Um, kind of based on on kind of Nuno's relationship with the owners at, at, at Wolves. How did he kind of get on with with the ownership? Because Forrest's ownership is known to be to be slightly controversial at times, to be very very demanding. And we saw with Steve Cooper's exit that that you know the 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 Greek ownership for Forrest, as you like, don't don't seem to wait around kind of that much for managers to do well in a way. Yeah, so great question. He he um he was kind of brought in at the start. Now uh, Nuno Espirito Santo, I believe, was uh, Jorge Mendes's first ever client. So if that's the case, then they're going to have a good relationship together. And then obviously Wolves found that kind of smart way of working um, that produced, that, that managed to get Diogo Yata, Ruben Neves and players like that to Molyneux in that promotion season. And Nuno was a big part of that as well. I think he he was strongly on board with the owners and the relationship with George Mendes because let's face it, if Wolves didn't have that relationship, they wouldn't have had that platform to build to be where they are now, to be an established Premier League team. So I think he was very much on board with Jeff Shee, the, 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 the sort of the Wolves' top dog, and there. So I think he had he had a, he had a good relationship. And how could you not appreciate what he'd done in in that space of time? Yes, he was given those fantastic footballers, but you've got to know how to use them as well. So, I mean, all good things come to an end. No managerial appointment lasts forever unless you're the very best, and then it has to end, end sometime. Wolves and Nuno just came to the end of a cycle together. They were hurt by lockdown and they lost that sort of moral new bounce and that relationship with the fans they had away from home because you're playing empty stadiums. It's That did hurt Wolves and Nuno a lot, but I think he had a good relationship um, with Wolves. But again, going back to my point previously, if if you're playing winning football and developing and climbing and climbing, what, what what's not to like about it? It, it came to a, a tough end, Um but a sort of party company, and he only got to say goodbye to a 25% full stadium, which was a real shame. Um, but overall, I would say he, he, he had a good relationship with them because he, he, he took a club that had finished under, under Paul Lambert, Lambert in the bottom half of the championship to winning the, 
to winning the league, to European football, to an FA Cup semi-final. So, yeah, I, I, I think they would have been very happy. And I think it was a reasonably respectful end as well. Yeah, you certainly can't complain about about those achievements. I suppose when you kind of mentioned George Mendes as well, there a name that that Forrest have, have previously worked with. Sabri Lamucci was a, a client of his. Forrest went to sign the Portuguese almost wonder kids in, in the Championship, almost try and replicate what Wolves had created when Wolves were in the Premier League and Forrest was still in the depths of the Championship. And it, and it didn't really work out. A lot of Forrest fans will admit that it, it, it didn't. And then we went for the slightly kind of different approach, obviously, and then eventually leading to, to, to Steve Cooper and uh, um, an, an American CEO in Dane Murphy kind of leading the approach. But but when you talk about George Mendes there, Ryan, what was kind of Wolves' ex- experience with him? Because um, recently... Newspaper reports have, have reported that he's kind of back on the scene with with Marinakis and will be driving certain clients to um to Forest. I mean, there's very much pros and cons. I think Wolves are really smart in their approach to the Championship promotion season because if because the, if you can sort of get into bed with an agent like that and reap the rewards, it, it took Wolves from a bang average Championship side to one of the best Championship sides to having some of the best Championship players. So, and I know there is pros and cons of that because I know they talk about the Mendes carousel. Um, so eventually those players are going to be sold on and that's happened. But Wolves have made a profit on those players. They've now reinvested the money. So Mendes is happy. He's, he's moved his client round for some more money. Um, his, play, his players have been successful. Yotta's now at Liverpool. I know Neves is earning ridiculous money in, 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 in the Saudi league. So... I think it was a smart move. Now, there is the pros and the cons. If you're going to have that contact that's going to get you high-quality footballers to take you to the next level, at some point, those footballers are going to move on. So if you are a stepping stone, sometimes you have to accept that. Now, for where Wolves were and what I've experienced watching Wolves for a long time, I was more than happy with that. I'm not expecting loyalty from players, Champions League footballers, to stay at Wolves forever. If Wolves were a stepping stone, they take they take Wolves further at the table, Wolves make a profit and that player makes a, a move for his career. Unfortunately, for where we're at, that's just, you have to accept. So, um, and I know it's a very dangerous sort of relationship to have, to have to be sort of, have one supplier really in that area. But it is pros and cons. Now, it, and at that time, Wolves had the best pick of the young players, so I, I couldn't have any complaints. Unfortunately, those young players aren't. There isn't an, an, an endless sort of conveyor belt of them, and that sort of came to an end. And some of the recruitment, Fabio Silva wasn't so good. Um, there was probably one or two that weren't great. But the foundation that that relationship built is the reason where Wolves where they are now. So, if you get the best players, but that's down to your sports director and your and your manager to not just to allow anyone to come in and be pushed by the agent. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Kind of just want to touch on, kind of before we finish, Ryan, his kind of relationship with with the fans, he kind of mentioned kind of bits in 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 this chat, but when you look at a manager like Steve Cooper at Forest, who, who had a, an amazing relationship with the fans, would would, would clap them at the end of, of uh, games, kind of win, kind of loss, kind of however Forest kind of finished a game, Steve Cooper would always come over and, and, and appreciate the travelling support. Can we expect that from Nuno? Can we expect a, a kind of passionate um, man and, and, and almost to build that relationship with the fans? Yeah, one of, one of, one of two of the best things are from from the Nuno era. Um, Nuno had, had a fantastic song at Wolves. And when that was blaring out, it was such a good song. Um, um, but also at the end of games, um, he would come over, particularly away games. I know he'd appreciate the South Bank and mainly at Molyneux, but particularly away games, he'd come over 
Um, and it wasn't a, a Jurgen Klopp tri- triple triple chest pump. It's just the one build up, and but that was a real nice part of the away game. So him doing that with his team and the players coming over, I've got I've only got good memories of of that relationship. I remember away at Middlesbrough in the Championship, um, Wolves won two one, but they were down to nine men for probably half an hour or something of the game, and they still won two one. Um, and he just ran over to the fans at the end. And then there was, I don't know if you remember this one in the championship when Wolves played Cardiff and Wolves managed to, had conceded two penalties in injury time and neither penalty was scored, one saved and one off the bar. And then he just ran straight past Neil Warnock, just jumping on his players and it was just absolute carnage. So if you've got a manager that's living for the moment, I understand there's a managerial etiquette of shaking hands, well played, la di da di da but that passion and raw emotion to be running on the pitch, you're only going to love that as a fan because as as I'm a massive Wolves fan and I spend time in the away end and occasionally working, doing some co-coms as well, as well as my podcast. But when you see someone loving that moment for your football club as much as you love it, you can only buy into that. You want that passion. I don't want a robotic manager just applauding politely. If someone's delivering that passion and living in that moment with you, it's, it's infectious. Yeah, definitely. And and hopefully kind of positive times for Forrest. Finally then, Ryan, just kind of from that from that neutral perspective and, and someone that's followed Nuno closely, where do you think he can take Forrest in your opinion? I, I think I'd be surprised from what I've seen those first few games now if it's not a comfortable survival. I mean, it should be three wins from three. Forrest were good against Bournemouth. What what is interesting to me that there has been a little bit of needle between Wolves and Forrest, particularly with the Morgan Gibbs White situation. Um, so the games now do feel a little bit spicy, and I'm all for that because I think it makes a better game instead of a, a softer atmosphere, and I quite enjoy that. And that gives Wolves now a reason to sort of be up for the game, and he'll be up for the game. So in terms of Forrest, um, I think Forrest now probably will will be comfortably safe this season. Um, and I've read a few articles in terms of Forrest's financial fair play. Um, I'd imagine the Brennan Johnson money will probably see Forrest quite safe, but Nuno won't want to sit still. So he must have been given some guarantees. I don't see him taking that job and given no money. Um, I think I'd be really, really surprised if there wasn't some cash to spend there. So, um, And this is, a, this is an out there call as well, but if a couple of other ex-Wolves players went to Forrest, I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. Um, and out there shout will be Connor Cody. Now, I know that might be a strange one for you. He's, playing, he's not playing at Leicester, but Leicester player back four doesn't suit that system. But Cody was his marshal in the middle of a back three. That that would not surprise me at all. He absolutely loves Cody. He was his captain, quite often the playmaker, um, sort of the footballing defender. So going back to your question, I've gone around a few roundabouts there, but Forrest comfortably su- survived this season. Um, no doubt about that. Next season, who knows? Let's see, let's see what kind of investment he gets. But... He's taken a similar size club to an FA Cup semi-final, as I said, a European quarter-final and consecutive sevenths. So um, I think I think Forrest have got a, a very good manager. And if, if it's a, that's at the start of a really good cycle, then it, it could be a good time for Forrest and Nuno. Fingers crossed for an exciting Forest time in the next few weeks. You mentioned there about the financial fair play as well, Ryan. We'll keep you up to date here on Garibaldi Red with that situation ever-evolving, but, but fingers crossed Forrest will manage to get themselves out of that some way. Right, before I have another coffin fit, Ryan, thanks very much for your time today. See you, see you at the City Ground soon. Yes, fingers crossed. Um, remember to drop us a like and follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as leaving us a review if you do enjoy our podcasts. Like and subscribe on YouTube, and we will see you next week after the Blackpool game. Take care, and thanks for tuning in as always. Hold up. 